My beloved congregation, the time we have here below is a time that lies between the cradle and the grave. It is always so day by day but the gift that we receive from the Lord. And we measure those days here below, we measure them with days, with weeks, with months, and also with seasons. And tonight our thoughts are going to the season, the season that again may lie before us. And as a people, we do not know what we will experience upon this journey of life here below in the season that is now again open before us. We do not know this evening uh, what the Lord will place upon our way. Uh, but what we do know this evening is that we may be together and that we may be together so round and about the testimony of God's word and that for us tonight that is a prayer service, a prayer service because of a season that has ended, a prayer service because of a season uh, that may open. And that is a time when we think of all the needs, all the concerns upon this journey of life here below. And then our thoughts are going to your own Christian school at, the, at this place here. And then we think all of those, the faculty who may be busy from day, day to day and week by week. We think of your principal. We think of the entire faculty. And we pray that the Lord may remember each one of them. And that the Lord may give them the ability and the wisdom so day by day uh, to bring that instruction unto the young people and the children of the congregation at this place. And that then also we think of how that once again they will be transported from home to school and from school to home. And how that they will travel the busy highways also here below in Chilliwack and roundabout here. And how that the Lord gave in the season that gone by, he gave traveling mercies. But how that again we need to think about it. Again we need to think how that we need that the Lord may watch over those buses and those drivers. And that the Lord may care for them and protect them. And that above all that as a congregation they may accompany all these efforts uh, with the prayers that the Lord alone can awaken in their heart. I think of all the little ones and all the young people of this congregation. What a great privilege you have uh, that you may simply go back to school again, that you may know that is a Christian education that the Lord is providing for you. It has been here for so many years. I go back a long time. And I remember the years when it was started. I remember the year when the school burned down. I remember the time that it was rebuilt again. And I remember all the years and the enthusiasm for the Christian education. I remember especially in those days the prayers. And the prayers of a consistory. The prayers of a minister. And the prayers of the families of the congregation for that Christian education. How many years people have gone by? How many years have we received that blessing of the Lord? Do we still feel it, young people? Do we still feel it as a privilege? As a privilege that may also become, un that we may have day by day, and that one day, 
one day then the Lord will also say unto those young people, when they become older, the Lord willing, and live upon this world, and come to the end of their life, what have you done with the Christian education that the Lord has provided for you in such a wonderful way? Tonight, I understand that here in Chilliwack, they do not only think of the school tonight, but they think of the church. They think of the church community. They call this a prayer service, also for the congregation at, as such, as, for, as, as, we, as we are here together. And then I was thinking of how I may, uh, I may do that this evening. And I think of my brother here. He's my friend and my brother and how that also he is the shepherd amongst this flock here, and how the Lord has cared for him many, many years in your midst already. What a great privilege you had that you could always have such a shepherd, such a shepherd amongst you, such a shepherd to care for you, and such a shepherd to go again in the season that is before you and to be with us. And it lies, I know, it lies in his heart. It lies in his heart that, that so day by day that he may bring that word of God unto you and that he may pray with you and he may ask the Lord with you that above everything else here below, that the Lord may come with the blessing of God upon the word of the Lord that he gives amongst us, which above all he may bring unto the people to the people, the world, that the Lord may help him, that the Lord may care for him, as we think bodily, but above all, we think bodily and spiritually for a minister. You know, for a minister, it is so wonderful. You know that? So wonderful that when a congregation, when a congregation, when they come together, uh, when they feel the bond and the unity and the love that may bind them together, and it's so wonderful for a minister when he may feel what, that there is that love, but also the prayer, also the prayer for him, because a man, I've done this for many, many years, and you know something? It's a new time tonight. It's a simply a new time tonight, and only that God from heaven, he can give that opening, he can give that freedom, he can give that blessing unto that word of God that I cannot do and that I do not have to do because I only have to bring the word. I only have to bring the gospel. And so it is now also for him here. And may the Lord then remember you and your pastor. I was thinking of your elders, and I was thinking of how that... How that also, when you are an elder in the church, you know, and when the season opens again, that is home visiting, that is catechism, that is confession class, then all these things, they kind of, one, one by one, they all kind of start again. And then they are busy uh, through the, uh, the weeks and the months of winter time. They are busy in those things. And you know, home visiting, eh, that, is, that is a special task. That is a special task for an elder. I, I remember a minute, while well, I didn't know him, it was before my time. I was in, in Sioux Center and, uh, and Rock Valley in Iowa, and it was Reverend Vanderhoof. And he always said to his elders, you go, uh, you go soul searching. You go soul searching. You think about that? Uh, when you come by the people, then it's now your task to search 
and to search their soul, to search them about what? Uh, well, to search uh, their soul to see what the Word of God, what the Word of God is leaving behind in the heart of an individual traveler upon the way to eternity. What a solemn task, eh? What a wonderful task that is for a congregation and for the elders uh, when there may be the bond and the unity, when the doors may be open, when the hearts may be open, and when there is a receiving of one another. What a beautiful task when then uh, we may see search the soul of the people, and when then we may pray together, and we may ask the Lord that the Lord from heaven, that his name may be glorified, and his kingdom may be built. Well, dear congregation, I was thinking how blessed this congregation would be, and how blessed our school would be here, if in the congregation, if in the school, uh, there would come the same prayer and the same longing, the same desire as was now living in the life of the woman uh, which I may bring unto you on the evening hour of this day. I have a text with you tonight, and that is verse 25, and there we read as follows, Then came she and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. And I have a theme above that, a true spiritual desire. What a wonderful thing that is in it, a true spiritual desire. You may examine your heart tonight. You may look inside of your heart tonight. And you may see that in a prayer service like tonight, where we may be just a little informal because it is an evening prayer service, and uh, you may examine your heart to see whether it is such a spiritual desire and the Lord alone can awaken that. A minister can't awaken that for his people. He would love to do that, but he can't awaken that for his people. Well, I'll tell you what, uh, the Lord can awaken it. He can even come tonight, and he can bless the Word of God tonight in such a wonderful way that in your heart there may be awakened a desire, a desire that you never had before, but a desire that may cling to the throne of God's mercy, and you may leave as a beggar by the Lord here, and you can never be the same anymore, people. You can never be the same anymore then, because that desire, the, the Lord has promised, he will fulfill uh, the, those kind of desires in the heart and in the life of his people. I have three main thoughts tonight. I'll do that very brief because of the time's sake already. But I thought in the first place, a crying woman and a silent Jesus. In the second place tonight, a worshiping woman and a refusing Jesus. And finally this evening, a few words about a humble woman and a praising Jesus. They are the three main thoughts this evening with the help of the Lord, dear congregation. And I want to just follow for a minute. I want to follow the great shepherd. And as I see him going, then he's departing. He's departing the land of Judah. He's, he's departing out of Israel there. And he comes to stand upon the coast of Tyre and Sidon. And as he is standing there, people, and as he got his back against Israel, then there are those, and uh, they are saying he did that because he is so tired of all the enmity against the word of God that he experienced by the, by the Pharisees. 
He is so tired of all the distrust. He is so tired of, of always the accusing him, always trying to accuse him in the work of God, in the work that he, that, that he has received from his father to do here. And you know something? And then people say that's, that's the way he was standing there. But that's not true. And that's not true. He's not standing there like that. I'll tell you how he's standing there. He's standing there as a seeking Savior. As a seeking Savior, because he has promised the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that what is lost. And he's standing there, people, as a seeking Savior. You know why? And because he knows, eh? He knows every heart. And he knows where that spiritual desire is awakened in your heart. He knows where that burdened heart is. He knows where that big roadblock is lying before the people. And they cannot go any further up on life's journey. He knows every heart in that way. And he's standing there and he's drawing. He always does that. He always does that. We can never come of ourselves. But he's drawing. He's drawing, silently drawing that sinner, silently drawing that woman unto himself. And maybe you say, well, minister, that is a beautiful thing. That is a wonderful thing that he's standing there like that. Well, people, I want to just be frank with you now once. Eh? How often has he already stood amongst, amongst you here in, in the Word of God? How often already has that Savior come in that Word of the Lord? And as he already stood amongst you as a congregation here, when they were all here, not like tonight, but when the, all the people were here, like on a Sunday morning, say, and how often has he stood away when your minister may bring the word of God? And you know something, then it's, hey, he, yeah, often, often that he comes. But the point is not that he is there now. I make, that, I make a difference there. The point is not that, hey, but how is it in our heart then? Hey, how is it in our heart? Did, was there ever a time that we had to come to him? Was it ever a time that with us it was, as this woman is saying, as she is coming there, a woman of Canaan, she's saying, O Lord, thou son of David, my, my daughter, not at first before she had said, have mercy upon me, O Lord. So that woman comes, that woman comes for mercy, congregation. That woman does not come for just anything but the mercy of God. Let me go back a little bit with you for just a few minutes there as a heathen woman and in her own home there. Uh, there God laid, uh, there God laid I, I often call it a roadblock. And maybe you say, well, it's kind of worldly to say it that way. But you know, I, I just kind of like it that way. A roadblock. A roadblock that the Lord placed before her in that house. And how many roadblocks have the Lord already hey, in the season gone by? In the, in the years gone by, how many roadblocks has the Lord already laid uh, before you as a people? So individually, those roadblocks in the business world, for instance, in the business world, when it seemed like there was no blessing to be had anymore in the business world, when it seemed like it was going backwards and it, was, and, and, and it would all end in a ruin, it looked that way, and that roadblock was lying there. Why does the Lord place these roadblocks in our life there? Roadblocks when we had, a, when we had an, uh, went to the doctor and the doctor said it's not good. It's not good at all. Uh, because you have this serious, this, this awful cancer in your body. That roadblock is laying there, eh? And the Lord placed that roadblock there. No one else did that. But what did we do then with that roadblock, congregation? Uh, what did we do behind that roadblock? Eh? 
My eldest asked that tonight, you know what this woman did? And behind that roadblock, behind that roadblock, her thoughts, her thoughts were going unto him. Her thoughts were going unto the one who had performed so many wonders that even in, in a heathen land they had heard about it. And now she had heard that he's standing at the border there. He's standing at the border and he is looking down into the, up into the country there in which she is living. And you know something, congregation? As she behind that roadblock, as she wants to pray, she wants to, she wants to pray. And that's why she's coming. She's now leaving it behind because she wants to come by him. And she wants to ask, she wants to just beg the Lord that, that the Lord might have mercy. Mercy for her. Mercy upon the way here below. Congregation, is it wrong tonight if I ask you, what did you do with these roadblocks? Where did you go, congregation? And when the Lord placed them there. not wrong, is it? When I ask that in a prayer service, what do we do with these roadblocks that God places? Do we normally fight against them? And do we normally just plow ahead a little bit? And just that, that's, we got to go. We have to go forward. It's, it's the way it is. Or did it break our heart a little bit? Did it humble our heart a little bit? And they were here on Sunday that he came to stand there. He came to stand there in our, in our country here, in our church here. He came to stand there. And he was looking, huh? Did he feel that? Did you feel that drawing then? She felt that drawing in her heart, eh? She felt that power, that power in, in that coming, that drawing power. Did you feel that congregation? And then it says here, as he's coming there, eh, and as he's crying unto him, and then it says here in the Bible, but he answered her, not a word. Why is that? Why is that there are times that he has no word for us? You know why? And those are the times of love. I was reading in, in Wolford Floor, in his book, meditation book, Watch and Pray, I was reading how that, how that, what, how the Lord was dealing with this woman here. And I thought that man saw that so beautifully. He said, with the one hand, uh, the Lord drew her onward, just steadily on her a little bit. With the other hand, he held her back. And it's see, ever deeper and deeper she bows before the Lord. Ever deeper and deeper as she is, she simply, she simply comes with that roadblock that the Lord had placed there, which was her daughter, and she bows before the Lord. That's now his wisdom, that's now the love of that Savior, and it is true. It's true that inside there come many voices then, yeah? Then there come many voices. Maybe you know them, those voices that come and they say, ah, it can never be for you. It must not be for you because there's not a word for you. There is nothing for you here. So it, it, it cannot be for you. Yeah, those voices, eh? Maybe, maybe you know those voices too. I think every one of those people, every one of those people who have to come, who have to come with the road, with the, from behind that roadblock, 
and have to come to that the, to the blessed Savior. We have to come upon the knees by the Lord, and who has to pray, have mercy, have mercy upon me. And then when they don't hear his voice, when they don't hear his voice, then eh, they, they feel his drawing, but often they can't explain that. Often they can't explain what it is, uh, but they feel his drawing. They feel the power of that, uh, but they don't, eh, he doesn't say anything to me. And the Lord never has a word for me. And there's Eliza. Have mercy upon me, Lord. You know that place, people? Eh? In a prayer service, maybe? You know that place? I would lie before God in that way. Have mercy upon me, Lord, and save my soul. It is true in a season like this, eh? And then, then, see was at the right place. She was at the door knocking there, knocking upon the door. And even if that door is closed now, if he deems that necessary that the door is closed, may he just knock upon the door. May he just be one of those uh, who come from behind that roadblock and who has to knock upon the door and who has to say, have mercy, Lord. Have mercy upon my soul and come and save my soul. Oh, he never said a word, eh? With the one hand, he, he, he drew her on a little bit. But with the other hand, he held her back a little bit. That was his love. That was the love of that Savior. And I believe God's people, they know something of what that is. Eh? And although when he did not say anything, uh, then there were the office bearers, the ones who walked with him. And they said, ah, oh, you know, send her away. Because she troubles us. How careful you have to be, eh? When you are an office bearer. When you go on home visiting. You want to build it all up, minister? No. No, I, I, there's no elder that needs to come in and by you to build it up. That's simply, that's simply not God's way. Does he need to break it down? No, he doesn't need to do that either. But he needs to simply put his arms out and he needs to say, how is it now? Huh? And he may point unto him and he says, you may believe her. You may believe if he has given you that place by the door. And you may believe her and that if you have to lay by that door there and may knock upon that door. And you may believe her that there will come a time that those elders may say that any. That there will come a time that he will answer, that he will speak unto you uh, from the doorway unto which he has come. So there we see how careful we have to do, have to be. That we never step on that on that work of God, eh? We never step on that, we never step on the work. Again, we don't need to build that up or anything, but we have to be careful that we understand. And that minister said, You go search the soul. And when you search the soul, then you may just probe a little bit. Or you may just probe inwardly a little bit in how is it with you, eh? And where is that roadblock taking you that the Lord has placed now in your life? What a wonder when the Lord gives uh, that, that, yeah, that's that woman there, that humbly, that humbly clinging clinging unto the throne of God's mercy and God's grace. I want to take you now swiftly a little bit. 
a worshipping woman and a, and a, a refusing a Lord Jesus. You know what he says? He says, I am not sent, but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And she didn't belong to that, eh? She did not belong to that house of Israel. As she was a heathen. So now, with the words that she heard, he put her outside. He put her outside as if it is not for her, as if the precious Savior can never be for me, and can never ever be. And because he says he only came for the house of Israel, he only came for the Lord's people, and she is not one of them. And he may learn, huh? often the Lord before he comforts, and then he instructs in the life of those people. And then he comes with that tender instruction in her life, uh, because with, uh, as it was with this woman. And this woman is not offended. She is not offended. I'm sure there might have been people that say, well, you might as well go home. There is nothing for you here. But you know something? Those people can't go home anymore. Those people, they cannot go home anymore. Uh, because uh, they have left their home where, it was, where death was coming. And they have left their home behind that way. And they need the Lord. Uh, and, and, and let me say it carefully tonight. I know that time. And I'm going to speak about myself. But I know that time where I could not go home anymore. I know that time I was sitting in that little church there. And I said, Lord, I can't go home anymore. I don't know where to go. Because I stand outside. And because it can never be for me. And now I don't know where to go anymore. She was not offended. Uh, but she also cannot go home. And those people who cannot go home anymore, ah, they, just, they just bow deeply. They just come to lie completely in the dust uh, by him. There are now two people that cannot go forward. That woman cannot go forward, but also that precious Savior he cannot go forward either. He cannot just leave now. Eh? He is there for her. And he is upholding her. Maybe you may know that in your heart. Maybe you may know that in your life. Eh? How he upholds in the ways of strife and in the ways of difficulties. She does not know, but the wonder is when this season, uh, when we do not know it anymore, and may feel in our heart the drawing of the Lord. You have a season like that already in your life? That you may feel in your heart the drawing of God. Who are you then tonight? And this prayer service. You have a season like that already? That you had to come? And that you, had to, that you could almost see him standing there? And that you had to say, have mercy, Lord. I don't belong I'm not one of them, uh, but where else can I go? Where else can I go if I may not come by the Lord? Is that in your life? In the, se in the season gone by, maybe in the years gone by? Was it your life? Do you understand her now? Or is it with you tonight? Oh, minister, I don't dare say so much here. 
Uh, but when you are speaking now about that woman, uh, then I would just, just want to go with her. I would just want to walk with her. And I just want to be with her when she, simply, when she simply clings unto him and when she simply cannot let him go. You know, two that cannot. Eh? Also that Savior, he did not, he did not say, hey, you seek me in vain. He did not say uh, that he, it is not for you. He simply says for whom it, he had come, that he had come for those people. And take notice now that irresistible work, eh? that work of the Lord, and that is why it must end well for those people. It must end well for those begging, seeking people. And I hope that this may be a season like that, uh, when it may end well uh, for the begging, seeking people in this congregation. Maybe I should back up a little bit. I hope it may be a season in this congregation that the Word of God may be so blessed and that that roadblock, and I only think of one roadblock now, the roadblock that lays before me, I don't belong. I don't belong to God's people. I'm not one of them. And I hear it in the sermon. I hear it in the sermon that I don't belong. I hear it in that word of God that I don't belong. And that roadblock is lying there now. Eh? And behind that roadblock, Oh, I would say, come up on your knees behind that roadblock and just lift it up to him and say, Thou art a merciful God. Thou art an ever-faithful Savior. And I have only one desire, only one desire this morning or this afternoon or wherever this is. I have only one desire, and that I may knock upon the door by the Lord. That I may knock upon the door by the Lord and I can never, ever leave that place anymore because I need to hear his voice. I need to hear his voice pertaining to uh, what the burden is in my life. I need to hear him speak. And you know, there she comes, she embraces it now. Eh? Huh? She embraces it now. In, in, the, in the verse that we had as our text, as she, she simply, it, it is, Lord, help me. It is not help my daughter. It's not now that my daughter, uh, but help me, Lord. So, so the difficulties had come into her heart, you might say. The difficulties had become her guilt. The difficulties had become her sin in that life. She stands outside, outside, and does not belong unto those people. And there she says, there she just, she just cries it out, and she says, "Lord, help me, please." Help me in that wonder, with that wonder of God's grace. Remember that, dear Savior, eh? He refuses in love. And as I said, with the one hand he upholds, he always upholds those people. And with the other hand, eh, he, just, he just draws her. He just draws her unto himself. And what wonderful lessons, what beautiful lessons those people may learn then. You know that? And when the Lord draws them, and the Lord draws them into, you might say, that wonder, that wonder of that sovereign work of God, that wonder of that forgiveness of sin, that wonder of that there is a way for my soul. When he draws them into that, and they may come to know that. And I know we're living in, in difficult times, sir, 
I was reading the other day, I think I mentioned it last, last Sunday in my, in my own church. I was reading of how the Paul in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, and then he says, this we know. And what does that man know there, people? He said, this we know, that when this tabernacle is broken down, we have a house with God eternally in the heavens. And we groan sometimes that we may be clothed upon with that house of the Lord. And you know, people, I just kind of stopped there a moment. Eh? And when I was reading that the other day in the Word of God, I knew it was there, but sometimes you, you, you can be so dense eh, that you just don't see it anymore. But when the Lord sometimes opens it again, you may see it. Then I saw it and I thought, how little is it now? This we know. Hmm? This we know, people of God. Eh? This we know. What? We know that when this body is broken down, we know that when I come to the end of my life, I belong to the Lord, not because I sought him, but because he sought me. And he came into my heart to open my heart and open my understanding. But you know, you don't hear that so much. And when you go home visiting, then you don't hear that so much that those who may say those things, like in former times, that was, that was, seemed like it was roomier. Uh, why is that now? That in our time, uh, we don't use those words so often. This we know. That when this tabernacle is broken down, I have a house with God that's eternally in the heavens. And when I think about that house, I groan sometimes. I groan with longing that I may be clothed upon with that house, with my house, he said. How come we, we, we are so hesitant in saying that? Because that is so to the honor, eh? That is so to the glory of the Lord. If his people may say, we know, we know that he is my Savior. We know that that blood was shed for my guilt and for my sin. And we know that one day I may go and I may be with him and I may be with him forever and forever. And I will never sin anymore. And I may forever praise and glorify his holy name. We know. How come we don't hear it so much? And forgive me, and I say it. Let us say it just this way. Just I, I just say, I just speak my heart tonight a little bit. Eh? You know why? We have the door to the world that is so open. Always that door is open, and I don't mean that we can't have a business. I don't mean that we can't run a profitable business, and I don't mean that we cannot be be successful. In those things. I don't mean we cannot have a job, but we do very well in it. I believe that my father used to say, you have to work to the best of your ability every day of your life, boys. And when the Lord blesses it, you may accumulate something in this world. But remember, it is only for a time. And remember, there will come a time you have to leave the world. And so it is not the, that's not the point. Uh, but it has to do with our heart. It has to do with our heart. Now, I was speaking of Rahab the other day, and you know Rahab, she closed the door. She took that, she took that red cord, and as she took that red cord, she closed the door tight behind her. She must have locked that door too. 
And she opened the window. And the window was open towards God. And I thought, yeah, that is probably what we miss so much today. Is that we close the door to the world. And again, that does not do, that has nothing to do with my position in the world. That has to do with my heart. That has to do with what lives in my heart. And that we all have the window open. Young people, have the window open towards God. And then by that window, there she waited, eh? She waited by that window. And as she saw him coming, she saw him coming, and her heart was filled with holy adoration. That God was such a mighty God when she saw how that the river was dried up for them, and how they came, these two million people, they came through the, through the, the, the river, and they walked around about that city. Eh? And she was praying. Young people, is that your life? Will that be that, will you be young people who go to Christian school here? And young people who have to close the door to the world, but who want to open the window towards the Lord. And who want to just pray that the Lord may give a blessing upon this Christian education in my life. Well, young people, I'll tell you what, the Lord will never ever uh, put that to shame in the life of those people. Prayer service tonight. And I'm going to go on now. I want to come to the last main part here. Because I want to see her there. I want to see her there as, as a humbled woman. I want to have see him there as a, as a faithful savior. Eh? Uh, but prayer service tonight. We don't know what the, what the season will hold. Eh? We don't know. Sometimes I'm just thinking of my family now. And I don't, need to, I don't need to bring that in. But sometimes it can be all of a sudden. It can be such a shock and such a difficult time all of a sudden. This year is now before you. And I don't know what your life, I don't know what's going, what's going to be in this, in this life. I don't know if the Lord has several roadblocks that he wants to place here and there. Only thing I would say, don't be too discouraged when he places those roadblocks there. Because that in many ways shows that the Lord still will have dealings with you. And when he just leaves us go and we will go on and we can find all our, all, find all our life through the world, uh, through the open door to the world out there, then it's not so good, people. That's not so good. We can have a Christian name, uh, but we miss a Christian life. Or we miss a Christian heart by the grace of God. People, between the cradle and the grave, a season again. You start the season for your own account, people. Just look at me. You start the season for your own account. Between you and God. I want to say something to you then you still have a blessing tonight because you didn't stay home. You wanted to be here where the word of God may be brought. I want to give you, may I a little advice? Maybe that's the wrong way to put it. What can I give you? But just saying to you, when that roadblock comes, 
bow your knees behind it and just ask the Lord and say, Lord, I need everything in my life, but I need above all to be prepared to meet the Lord in righteousness. I just need the Lord to come into my heart to prepare me because my minister loves us, but he can't prepare me. He can only bring that word. But he tells me time and again that God can prepare me. And will the Lord then also give that now, that he will prepare me. What is that, young people, to be prepared? Well, that is to be prepared for the end. That is to be prepared for the time when this tabernacle is broken down and when that soul may come by the Lord. And when that soul come by the Lord comes in and through that precious blood, in and through that righteousness of Christ, in and through that, you might say, that sacrifice, through that sacrifice to come by the Lord, I'll tell you what, eh? I'll tell you what, then that kingdom will open for those people. And as the kingdom opened for those people, they may enter into the glory that is prepared for them. May I go a little further? People, how do you begin the season? As a child of the Lord? As a child who cannot miss the Lord anymore? Maybe kind of like a beggar tonight? I'll tell you what, the Lord loves a beggar. The Lord loves those people who may come as a beggar by him uh, because he loves to hold them. He loves to hold that beggar. He loves to hold them tight and uh, that they cannot slip away. And the Lord loves to hear that beggar. And sometimes all that that beggar can say, Lord, help me. Lord, help me. Uh, because in this season, I long uh, to be taught, to be instructed further up on the way, that way that lies through the blood, that lies through the righteousness of Christ. I long this season to be instructed in the meditorial suffering of that Savior. I long this season to come upon the pasture where the meditorial suffering of Christ has flown that the sheep, and that the sheep may graze. May graze of that wonder that he died for me. May graze of that wonder that he gave his life, he gave his blood, uh, for such as I am. Want to go further yet? Maybe this season we know, in the deepest humility, we know that when this tabernacle, how many tabernacles are already broken down and out of your midst here? They've gone away. How many tabernacles already, you think? Eh? I speak to you about when the school started. I speak to you, to you when the school burned down. I, I remember all these things as a farmer, when I was a farmer. Eh? So I can also tonight ask you, how many empty places have there come now in all these years And if your place have to come empty this year, this season, if that is God's wish, may it then be we know. We know that when it breaks, this tabernacle breaks down, I have a house with God. You know what that means? I may come by the Lord. 
I may be with the Lord. I may be with him forever and ever. And I may worship him. That's what he's doing here now already. He worships him. And there we don't need to say, help me anymore. Because he simply, there is everything. Everything. Just a beholding of all the glory. A beholding of all of the Lamb of God in the throne. And knowing that that Lamb of God has sought and saved in my heart. This woman here, she may come all the way down now. And she may say, Lord, the dogs eat of the crumbs. May I have a crumb? Or what? Dear people, I want you to think a little bit of the last verse we sang there. And then I will speak to you about what he is saying. And because he is now speaking unto the woman, and he is saying, It is not meet to take the children's bread and to cast it to the dogs. And so there he points to the children, and he points to the bread. And sometimes we may point to the bread. In our little church in Linden, we may point to the bread this week because the Lord willing, if the Lord gives that, then the Holy Supper of the Lord, the table of the Lord may be administered amongst us. And what a blessing if our people may be busy. And if our people may now, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, may be busy pointing to the bread and pointing to the bread, that living bread that he is given for his church and for his people. He points to the bread and he says, that's not for the dogs. And those people, they can understand that congregation. They can understand that, that it cannot ever be. And here that woman, and she may become so humbled. She may bow down so deeply, congregation. She is now one of those little dogs. No one of those big dogs who can go on and kill a sheep and just, and, and just eat to his heart's content. No, no. She is one of those little dogs that's under the table. That's under the table. Uh, that are often fed by the crumbs that fall from the master's table. And now she just picks up on that. She says, and if I am, if I am such a one, and then I may also point to those crumbs, and I may ask the Lord if there may be a crumb, and maybe a crumb for my soul. And oh, you know, then often uh, people don't understand you. When you speak of crumbs, I had a lady come to me one time, and she said, you must have a poor God. I said, why is that? She said, well, you have to speak of crumbs. I said, lady, I said, you don't understand. You don't understand what that is in the life of God's dear children who have nothing but they may point to that crumb. That's a crumb of his love. That's a crumb of his mercy. That's a crumb of his grace. And when that crumb comes to lie in my heart, when that crumb may enter into my heart, then my heart is so full, and it's so full that it breaks. It breaks with the love and the adoration for him, and it just it, it, it bows with the deepest, the deepest the hunger for him. And that woman now, as she may point to that, and how blessed congregation, my time is gone about, but how blessed when in this congregation, in this season that is now lies before us, that the Lord will give such blessings unto the Word of God in your congregation. Can He do that, minister, in these difficult times, in these dark times? Ah, not because of anything of us, but to glorify, to glorify His holy and His precious name. 
and he has but to speak and it may come to pass. But think about it. What a wonder that would be if young people, if young people that go to the school, that are instructed at the school, may point to that crumb and may say, Oh, Lord, may there then be a crumb, a crumb also for my soul, a crumb of the love and the mercy of the Lord. If in this congregation, the people of the Lord, uh, the people of the Lord may be so humbled, may be so humbled and so bowed down, that it's that crumb, that is that crumb of his love, that is that crumb of his grace, that is that crumb of that meritorial suffering and dying. Can you believe it, people, that those people, uh, when that crumb is applied to their heart, Oh, they weep with joy. They weep with joy. I'll tell you what, they go home. They go home full, and they bow, they bow their knees when they come home, and he says, Oh, Lord, what a wonder. What a wonder that there was such a token of thy mercy for my soul. Think about it, people. And he, uh, he, now, uh, he now has something yet to say to this woman, and he's, just, he's praising this woman. He's praising this woman and he's saying, great, great is your faith, be it unto you as thou wilt. And that's still the end of my, what, what was the faith now? What was the faith in the life of that woman? Well, you know, that was when behind that roadblock, as she couldn't go to the world, uh, but she had to come to him. What was the faith in the life of that woman? Uh, well, that was when she bowed before him. He stood outside of it. Uh, but she had to knock upon the door and say, have mercy upon me. What was the faith of that woman? She pointed at crumb, and she says, if I'm that dog, then that crumb may also be for me. I hope there may be many crumbs here in this season and many people who feel the power of God in their heart, who feel the love of the Lord in their heart, and may point to the crumb, the crumb of that living bread for my soul. Amen.